And I'll read the book of John chapter 13 from verse 18 to 38. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the passage of the scripture. He who shared the bread, my bread, he turned against me. I'm telling you no, to know before um, it happened, so that when it does happen, you will believe me that I am who I am. Verily, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I sent accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in the spirit and testified. Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stayed at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple who Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter mentioned to him, to this disciple, said, Ask which one he mean. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave to, the, uh, to Judah, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judah took the bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do it quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said to him, since Judah had charge of the money, some told, uh, told Jesus was telling him uh, to buy uh, what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judah had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. When um, he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified uh, in him, God will be glorified. God will glorify the Son Himself, and we will glorify Him at once. My children, I will be with you only for a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you: love your neighbor as you love yourself. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? Jesus asked. So Jesus replied, Where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why I can't follow you now? I will, lay my, I will lay down my life for you. 
Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the roster calls, you will disown me three times. Thank you. Can you hear me? That's not the mic, that's me, actually. Can you hear me now? Okay, so if you could bring that one. Children, I need your help this morning. So as always, it's really grateful. So um, I think you are my, pretend you are my friends, okay? So we are going to have a meal, but the meal is going to be Easter eggs, okay? So there are some Easter eggs there, three of them are there. If you are fancy Easter egg, this contains milk, nuts, it's made in a factory with a lot of nuts. So if you have any dietary requirement, your parents will be responsible. I'm innocent of this Easter eggs, okay? That's the disclaimer before the preach. Okay, so kids, if you like Easter egg, you know, so uh, I have, maybe I have maybe 30 or something. If you sit together, we're going to have a Easter egg meal, uh, similar, uh, you know, so just to understand, you know. So if you come sit around, um, come on, otherwise I will eat it. Come on, come on. Seems like they are not, maybe they are overeaten by that. So make sure that health and safety hazard, you can be around here or sit here. Okay, Bunny, you want to come this way? Goodness me, I, you know, if, you, if there's not enough effect, please buy something, you know, if they scream or cry. And if they are too much crying, please take them out. There is a comfort station there, okay? No age limit. <laughs> no age limit, okay. So I'm going to trust you, okay? Are you going to listen carefully? I trust you with this egg, okay? This is your egg. And uh, I believe you are going to look after it, and this belongs to you. And uh, when I say you can have one, and you can take one in a very civilized English manner, you can walk away. Don't be an Indian this time, you know. We don't believe in queues or waiting for these kind of things. We just trash it. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, be patient. Okay. Okay. So now, um, you can take one by one, and you are my friends. Are you my friends? Yes, slowly by respecting others, and you can just take and uh, walk away. One, 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 please one, because that otherwise I will be in big trouble, you know, okay? Just one. So I need to make sure that just one, please, and you are my, I trust you, and just take one, and you can go back to your family. Just one. Meantime, one person got uh, one of my eggs already in their pocket, um, and uh, they already, before I gave the permission, one person already got in their pocket. I know that person, okay? And he's, uh, he's uh, um, among us, you know. So um, that's, uh, that's the one I'm going to give, a, uh, uh, okay? So you can take and go, you know. So uh, can you come here? Okay, I'm going to give this uh, uh, egg to that person, and uh, he's the one and uh, with that one, okay? Just move forward, please. You can take this one, okay? James and Aaron, if you could put the podium back, that would be great, you know, okay? Okay, parents, I need your help, and uh, yeah, can you bring this one back, please? Yeah. Oh, where's James going? Come on, James. It seems like it, I can't trust him now, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay, kids. Kids, I have a question. Who took the Easter egg before I gave the permission? Somebody already took it in advance. Who, who is that? If you, you know, so who was that? And uh, 
I gave an Easter egg to that person while you were trying to do, trying to grab this Easter egg. Who was that? Oh, you're not a child. Come on. He's fired. I'm, I'm trying to become Lord Sugar now, you know, okay? Most of them didn't see that one. They were, excitement was the chocolate, you know. So I believe that was exactly happened at the time of the Last Supper. Lots of food. We can be really distracted. Lots of things are going on. There is chicken, kebab, chicken tikka masala, probably not. Uh, okay, so maybe whole lots of hummus and lots of things are there. Everyone is hungry at the same time. It's a meal and uh, lots of things going on. Uh, in the midst of that, Jesus communicating something very clearly. All of you are going to betray me. And even though that was very evident, Jesus dipped the bread and gave to that person in the context. They didn't get him. Otherwise, they would have been grabbed Judas at that time. How dare you do that? Did they do that? They didn't even get it. Exactly like this. Lots of things going on. And you can miss lots of things in the midst of chaos. That's the best example. That's why I'm trying to illustrate this uh, in, in a way. Uh, even though... Uh, you know, we pre-planned that one, uh, you know, so I'm not comparing Judas and my son. I'm just using as an illustration, okay? So we already had an agreement in advance. That's why he got extra to Easter egg, you know. So that's kind of a, a deal we made, okay? So you didn't know that one, most of it, except the spoiler, uh, uh, Pete just spoiled it, you know, but I forgive him because I'm a Christian, but... Kids, you didn't notice that. That something happened. It was very evident. In front of you, it happened. But you didn't see that one. That would have been the reason many of them didn't really understand. Some of them thought oh, Judas is uh, taking something from Jesus and he's going out. He's going to do some charitable work. Let me go to the scripture uh, uh, and I'm going to go really uh, fast. Okay? I'm not referring to all of you. I know that I have uh, those I have chosen because this is to fulfill this passage of Scripture. Who, who, he who shared my bread has turned against me. It's actually in Psalm 41 verse 9. There are multiple scriptures there, but I'm just focusing on that one. There it says, even my close friends who, whom I trusted, the one who shared my bread has lifted his heel against me. So here, he's talking about Judas. We know that one at that time. The disciples didn't know that one. I'm telling you now before it happens. That's really, really important. So that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. That's the reason I'm telling you in advance. Because when things go wrong, we heard from Gavin, uh, from uh, Rachel, and we gave from John telling about things are tough. Things can go wrong here and there. In everything is going in a big chaos in the midst. When you see that kind of things, I'm telling you in advance so that when things go ahead and don't plan, go ahead as planned, when at that time you can believe, you can stay with me, you can hold on to me, and you can trust in me because things may not be normal as you expected. That is why I'm telling you in advance, very well before it, it happens. Then he's saying, very truly, you know, so very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I sent accepts me. 
And whoever accepts me, accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. He's telling in advance. We will come to that point a bit later because things are going to be really chaotic. It's not going to be just nice hummus, chicken tikka masala, kebab kind of meal. It's going to turn upside down. The darkness is getting closer and closer. Within hours, that somebody's going to betray Jesus. Within hours, people are going to come in. Within hours, there are lots of things going to happen. The Messiah, the healer, the one raised Jesus, you know, people from the dead, the healed the dead, the, all the miracles, wonders, feeding 5,000. Lots of amazing things are happening out there. They witnessed that one, but there is going to be a moment. Is going to be one of the darkest moments in the history that is getting closer and closer. That's why Jesus is specially gathering his friends, his disciples, and reminding them this is going to happen. Not only that, don't undermine your calling, don't undermine who I am, don't undermine the word of God, because you should believe that. You must believe this one when I send to you. I'm sending you. I'm coming. You will be going with the God's authority and power. We will unpack that bit by bit. John chapter 6, verse 70. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. Jesus knew it. Jesus, John chapter 14, verse 29. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may Believe. Can you repeat after me? Believe. Believe. That's the fundamental foundational thing, you know. You may believe. Jesus, John chapter 16, verse 16. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Because things are going to be tough and it's going to be darkest, unthinkable moment. The same Jesus raised, the pe raised people from dead. The same Jesus was clever enough to answer the biggest argument from the Pharisees and Sadducees. The same Jesus was able to walk away from death threat. The same Jesus turned water into wine. The same Jesus fed 5,000, 10,000 people. The same Jesus touched the leper. The same Jesus spent time with the sinners. He is the hero at that time. There is going to be a moment. Everything is going to crumble down. At that time, I want you to believe who I am. And that's why I am reminding you, because I don't want you to fall away. Verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 4. But I have said these things to you. When their hour comes to you, may remember that I told them to you. you know, so you need to remember that when the darkness comes, you should remember that. Verse 16, verse 32. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will scatter to each to his own home and will leave me alone. But yet I am not alone. For the Father is with me. At that time, the only one person I can cling to is not my friends, it's not my families, it's not you. I'm going to cling to God. The one who sends me, that's the only place I'm going to survive this darkest hour. It's a very emotional time. Judas was invited 
welcomed and he's part of that 12 disciples. Jesus loved him, fed him, he ate with him. He might have spent, have fun with him. And uh, they, they traveled together knowing that, knowing that you are going to betray me sometime soon. But he never exposed or condemned or put shame on him, trying to humiliate him or anything. Until the last moment, he loved him. He loved him. He loved him. If I was choosing the 12, I would have been fired him from the first place. <laughs> That's what the reason I was not Jesus, you know. That's God. He knew where we were going to fail. He, he already knows what is going to happen in your life tomorrow. After hearing the scripture, God knows what are the things you are going to betray him. You, he knows everything what's going to happen to you, but that never, ever stopped him loving you unconditionally. That's God. He knows your yesterdays. He knows your today. He knows everything what you're thinking now. And he knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow. This is the God. He welcomed 12 and walked with them and loved them. And he trusted them, and he's the one saying, I'm going to send to you. When you go and tell the good news, they're going to believe you. Who is going to believe you? They're going to believe me. They're going to believe, if they believe me, they're going to believe whoever sends me. So that is the great commission moment God is passing to these disciples. Verse 8, 58. Before Abraham was I am. So he's saying like, you may believe that I am. The I am is coming back again because the I am appeared in many, many parts of the scripture. He's saying, I'm not just a random guy. This is the I am. To see the bigger picture, who Jesus is, his deity and his identity is so crucial. But he is living and spending time with a betrayer. Where's 21. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. This is another very, very truly, or very truly, I tell you, one of you is one of you is going to betray me. Jesus, you are the Son of God. So you said, do not worry about tomorrow. John just reminded us, and we heard that one, do not worry about tomorrow. But here the scripture says Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Why Jesus? Are you, are you doubting your calling? Jesus, are you struggling to understand why God sent you? Are you struggling to understand the mission? If you already know that this Judas is, Judas is going to betray you, what is the reason why you're troubling? You should be cool. But he was troubled. This, is, this trouble is different from the worry bit, you know. So troubling in the spirit Worry, do not worry about tomorrow. These are two different things. This trouble is actually comes from love and trust in God, knowing that I loved you. I spent time with you. At least the last moment, I wish, I wish, this is my prayer. Rather than betraying me, you should turn back to me and to be a lover of my soul and spending time with me eternity. But... I know that. I know that. 
that's the direction you're going to moving forward. So that's why he was troubled in his spirit at that moment. Here is one, my friend. He's choose money and power, and he's going to walk away. We can be like that. Here, John and others reminded us, do not worry about tomorrow. Look at the birds, look at the flower, you know. So God ordained, God appointed beauty is already trickling through this nature and all the creation. Look at them, look at the bird. Do not worry, you are more than them. I will provide for you. Jesus said, you know, in the, the scripture says, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches glory in Christ Jesus. There is a promise there. I will provide for you. Even before you pray, I know what you're going to ask. This is the heavenly father. So in, in Luke 11 also, we can see that one. If a, if a dad knows how to give the good gifts to their children, how much more he is willing to give his Holy Spirit to the, to the children. You know, there are lots of promises are there. But this troubling in the spirit comes from love and trust in God. That's a good thing. When we see that our family, our friends, our neighbors, our children, our spouse, our husband, our wife, you know, when they are walking away from God, rather than worrying, you can always turn back to God. Lord, this is your heart. Everyone should turn to you because you are the fountain of life. That's a good trouble. But Jesus said, stay away from the other kind of worry. The moment you... Take your faith away from God. The moment you forget who God is, that's the time. Ooh, how am I going to do this one? How am I going to do this one? How am I going to do this one? That will crush you. That will cripple you. That will take your eyes away from God. And that will push you into darkness. The other one, in the midst of the darkness, you will see the light because he is the light of this world. So have it. That trouble in your heart, when we are going as a church, to see people getting saved and added to the kingdom and they're trusting in God rather than in things. That's a good trouble to have. John 14 verse 1. Let your heart let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. Then there's a question, you know. So among them came up, coming up. His disciples started at, uh, start, stared at one another at a loss to know which one of them he meant. One of them, the disciple who Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to his disciple and said, ask him which one he means. Have you, have you been in an awkward situation like that? In an office setting, suddenly somebody broke something. Uh, and there is a conversation going on. And you are very much, you know, that you are not part of that. Still, you are not sure. Who left the office last time, last time, by after six o'clock? It's not me, it's not me, you know. At the same time, there is a curiosity. Who did that? Did you hear about that one? Who is this that? There is a curiosity there. All, all they want to know is not me, you know. That's the first thing they want to know. It could be a scenario. They don't want to be in a position at that time. That's why they're asking one another. And then what was Jesus' response? I believe that time, 
everyone didn't hear the conversation. Could be these are my kind of assumptions and studies, you know, don't go into a you know, deeper theological discussion. If you have time for that one, go and talk to Aaron. He got that time and brain, not me, okay? So he will spend to you and buy your coffee and go through all kinds of things, but I'm going to finish, you know, as soon as possible before, you know, time finish. That's my focus point now. Aaron said hallelujah to that. I heard that. Okay, he agreed and he received by faith that one, okay. So he's asking, then Jesus, it is the one whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then he dipped the piece of bread, have gave it to Judas. It could be a conversation among Jesus and the, and the, 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 the disciple, I don't know. But then, what happened, um, uh, you know, he gave to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Wow, goodness me, that is quite a quite shocking statement. Before that, he was under the influence of the demon, or the devil, or Satan, because of the plan. He can, devil be able to maneuver his movements and everything. This is the point. He totally, completely opened his soul, spirit, and body to the demonic control. Now he's totally, there's no turning back. He lost the moment, and he walked out to betray Jesus. As soon as Judas taken the bread, he went out and it was night. He never seen a daylight in his life later. That was the last, last day of his life. And it was night. John chapter 1 verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has overcome it. And Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 4, we must work the work of him who sent while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. No one can heal. No one can do anything. The night is coming, getting closer and closer. There was the work we could do together while it was day, and they did for three years. Jesus completed that work, and now the night has come. No one, no one can face that night except Jesus. The only person can get involved in the darkest moment in that history, the darkest time, is Jesus. That's why Peter said, I want to come with you. I will be with you. When he was gone, Jesus said, this is the time Judas also gone out. You know, he gone out for his own purpose. Verse 31. When he has gone out, Jesus said, now the son of man is glorified. And the God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will give him at once. This is three weeks preaching, guys. That's one scripture is three or six different sermons. You know, this is packed with God's goodness. But I'm going to rush, you know, just to trying to finish in time. This is the darkest time. 
And then he said, children, I will be with you for a little longer. You will be with me, just as told the Jews. So I tell you where I'm going, you cannot come. Feeding the 5,000, you can come. Raising the dead, you can come. Turning water into wine, you can come. You can be a part of miraculous, amazing word and spirit work. But this moment, you cannot come. Why? Judas, uh, Peter, you are so optimistic, but you are not even going to survive tonight. <laughs> because the night is getting closer and closer. In Luke chapter 22, verse 53, this is your hour. The power of darkness. This is your hour. So God is giving permission to the to the, to the kingdom of darkness to come closer, to fulfill, to attack, because he is going to carry the sin and the shame and everything is going to be coming, getting closer and closer. That is defined by Jesus. He's not, he didn't get the decade, they didn't get one year, but that's the moment God is allowing the darkness to come closer and closer, but in the midst of the darkness, the most glorified thing is going to be revealed. He's taking the sin, the shame, and the punishment, everything is he's going to absorb to him so that we can walk in freedom. We can come to a relationship with God. We can reconcile to God. No one can do that one. There is no substitution in the whole world for that one. No religion can do that one. Only one can do that one. Seamless, blameless, holy God came down as a man and face the darkness so that we can live in the light. That's why God will be glorified. The sun will be glorified in the midst of the darkness. How did he do that one? Becoming sin for us. And not only that, on the third day, he rose again from the dead and saying, hey, sin no more, shame no more, unrighteousness no more, because I have conquered sin and death. In the darkest moment, the glory is revealed. Why? Because of us. Because of us. If God wants to reveal the glory through creation, somebody said, the creation is like a peanut in the pocket of God's creation. But the most glorified, amazing, unexplainable, unimaginable work of God in the creation is not the creation of sun and the moon and the stars or anything. A sinless, blameless, holy God become human and dying for us. That is unthinkable for us, but he did it to reveal his glory. That's why he washed the feet. That he became a slave. Many religions won't understand that one. Many religions see God somewhere, they're millions of miles away. But if you ask John, he will say, no, no, that's not the situation. I know, I walked with him. I ate with him. I traveled with him. Not only that, later I understood, I was feasting with God. 
That's why the little children comment. The only place in the gospel comes only in this place. You know, we will see that one in other portion, but that's not exactly the same root word. But this is the only time in the gospel little children come. But later you can see that many, 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 many times in the first John and second John, if we believe it's the same author, this John is written, that first John and second John, he's captivating the little children again and again and again. Why? Because he heard that. Little children, little children, stick with, stay with, trust in, walk in the living, life-giving bread of life. It's worth it. Peter said, I will follow you. But Jesus said, not now. I love that scripture. I love that verse. You cannot come, but later you will follow me. That's verse six, 36, you know. Jesus, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. How is that possible? You cannot come now, but later you can. How is that possible? Let me look into uh, some other scripture, you know, so that might enable us, you know. So, so, uh, so that, that, will, that, that will, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. In this love, not that we have loved God, but he loved us, sent his son to be a propitiation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He is coming back to the same scripture again, love one another. So Jesus also reminding here, love one another. So this is coming, coming back again and again. How is that possible? Following Jesus and loving one another is so crucial. John chapter 1 verse 14. The word become flesh and made dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one, the only one, came from Father, full of grace and truth. He welcomed us in and we are part of that. Here Jesus reminding his disciples, my children, my children, love one another. 34, a new command I give you. Love one another. Is it really new actually? Why is that a new commandment? We can read that one in Leviticus chapter 19. You shall love, verse, verse 18, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, as in this morning, Chris was uh, uh, sharing from that Matthew chapter 22. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's already in the Old Testament. How come Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a new commandment? How come it's new? But if you look at the Old Testament, there was no one in the history until that time, until Jesus died, a God himself, God himself coming down and becoming a human being and dying in our place. And he demonstrated love in action through his life, death and resurrection. That is something new. 
Before that, goats and sheep and pigeons, and there is a substitutionary atonement was going on. But this is the moment Jesus is opening a new chapter. This is something new, something never happened in the Old Testament. It was repeatedly mentioned and mentioned and mentioned and mentioned. But now, this is going to be new. So now, the, the commandment is, love one another as I loved you. You notice that, how did I love you? You know, washing your feet and uh, becoming a servant. And I'm, I'm giving a new chapter, new, new commandment. What is the commandment? I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another. I have, as I have loved you. Jesus commanded to his disciples when in 1 John, 2 John, the John never used. Jesus commanded us. He used the word God. 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 He didn't say that one. Jesus asked us to do. Why he's repeating God here, even though it was heard from Jesus, because he understood the man I spent three and a half years with him. That was not just a human being. I was feasting with God. That's why, as God loved us, because Jesus loved us. He was proving and proclaiming the divinity of Jesus in through that scriptures. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's uh, John chapter 15, verse 13, uh, 13. That's what happens that night. The next morning, John says that what makes that new and what makes the commandment new this is something God demonstrated through his life and resurrection. And 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 18, love covers a multitude of sins. Shall we repeat that after together? Love covers a multitude of sins. Can we say that again? Love covers a multitude of sins. That is the time we lay down and take the towel to wash someone else's feet when you see someone else's muddy feet, rather than exposing, humiliating, standing away from them. I don't want to be part of that person because it's quiet. Lots of things are going on because when you see the love of God, rather than exposing, humiliating what Jesus did, he covered your sin so that you can be welcomed in. How do we love one another? What is stopping us loving one another? Race, color, class, education, what kind of perfume they use, what kind of game they you play, what kind of conversation they have, what kind of access they have, where they're coming from, north or south or east or west, the kind of exercise they do, what we connected by. Is it because of sports? Is it because of something happening outside? We are connected because we are saved by the blood of Jesus. But when you are focusing things outside the gospel, there will be barriers after barriers after barriers will put barriers and that will force us to make a decision who we are going to invite for a cup of tea. Who we are going to talk after this meeting. Because that's not my type. That is not my color. That is not my posh English Yorkshire accent. They don't talk about this one. Barriers after barriers after barriers after barriers. But Jesus said, no matter whether you are a Galilean, whether you are from a Samaria, whether you are from Judea, 
it, that night, no one can face that night. I faced that night so that you can love one another. That is the way the world will know you are my, you are my, you are my disciples. Street evangelism is good. Mark drama is brilliant. Invitation to gospel is good. We can do lots of things. But the world will know Jesus. These are just doorway. How do they enjoy the fellowship? Through us loving one another by knowing that that night was the hardest, the darkest night of life for everyone. No one was able to go through that one. Now he died in my place so that through him I can go to the Father. This is equal for everyone. When I remember that, I will see the most diverse excitement in heaven. In chapter 7, Revelation, every tribe, every tongue, every people, every land, everyone coming and saying one thing. Oh, our English, uh, uh, our education, uh, uh, you know, just uh, escaped us from this wrath. No, we all say one thing. My mathematics escaped me to, from the wrath of God. My, my money, my relationship, my house. No, only one thing enabled us to come to the Father, the Lamb of God. You died in my place. That darkest night, I was not able to come. You faced it so that we can all come through the Father, through the Savior Jesus. So we want to demonstrate that, loving one another. City Church, love one another. We have multiple churches. We might have denominational differences kind of things. If people love God, they believe in Trinity, they believe Jesus is the Son of God, and everyone believes that the only way to God is through Jesus, and He's coming back. That won't stop us loving one another. We are different. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is, there's a quote, I, I'm going to finish with that one. <clears throat> Unity is not uniformity. You know, so Christian unity doesn't sweep evil under the rug, stiffed arm critic or dismiss conflict in order to maintain a kumbaya. Kumbaya circle while the vulnerable sin suffer, suffer in silence. I'm not talking about that one. Things need to be addressed. But greater love. Love covers the multitude of sin. And I want to see, this is my prayer as City Church family. We want to be a people welcoming, seeing one another as a city church, loving one another in a city-wide way and his global church. Because Jesus is coming back to welcome us all back into his kingdom. And we can say only one thing, Lamb of God. You paid the price. That is why I'm in your presence. Let that unite us and worship God together.